Hello and welcome to the Lock-In Podcast, the show that lifts the lid on life in the pub trade by those working in it. I'm the Morning Advertiser's Ed Bennington and we're recording this episode of the podcast in the fantastic Framus Three Kings in Fulham, winner of the Great British Pub and World's Sports Pub of the Year for 90 million years on the run or something like that. Anyway, we'll be speaking to the manager, Paul Eastwood, shortly, but first I should introduce my two co-hosts. They, of course, need no introduction. Here we go. So this week's episode of the podcast is going to be uh, what? See, that's more what? laziness on your part. What you mean? I even have to introduce it's wasted, you. You normally waste time finding a shit joke. Now you've not even bothered. <sighs> fine, all right. You could do I nothing. Can, no, right. no, 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 I've got a shit joke. I can okay. do that. That's not from you. So fine. One. Yeah. <laughs> I have with me two of the finest co-hosts ever to grace the lot in podcast. Heath Ball is an award-winning pub operator who never knowingly refuses a holiday. Um, where are you off to on Thursday, Heath? Um, work trip. Uh, a work trip, yeah. Yeah, work yeah, trip, yeah, with, work trip. Uh, with, with Otro Tequila to, to, uh, to Mexico. No, Mexico, okay. Yeah, for yeah. 10 days. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay. At least it's not half term and my wife's not upset. <laughs> <laughs> and she forgives easy. Yeah, she, yeah, she never holds it against you. Yeah. And of course, my other co-host is the larger-than-life character, James Cuthbertson. That wasn't a fat joke, James. I don't know why you're looking at me like that. Oh, it wasn't a fat joke. Your fattest. <laughs> Pot. Uh, kettle. I don't know what you're talking about here. <laughs> so, moving on, this week's episode of the podcast is going to be focused on the opportunities and challenges of the World Cup being hosted at Christmas time. Normally, the World Cup provides a great boost in the summer months, but because the Qatari authorities paid a big, I mean, offered the best bid, uh, you'll be dead. The World you'll be Cup dead for that sort of chat. <laughs> the World it. Cup is now in the winter at the time when pubs don't typically lack for trade, unless there's a national pandemic, of course. Which uh, does tend to throw a spanner in the works. So, right, to help pick apart that conundrum, we have a number of guests joining us in the flesh at the famous Three Kings will be Paul Eastwood. Uh, we'll also be hearing from top gastropump operator Paul Berry from the Swan in Bampton about how he's juggling gastro, Christmas and football. And we'll be speaking to Joe Harvey from Popston Allen on the licensing challenges the situation presents. But before all that, let's have a chat about the week's events. I mean, there's not much been going on, has there? So uh, no, it's pretty quiet in government. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why are we always? I mean, why do we, these guys shouldn't be centre stage, should they? Why are we always talking about politics? Because do you know what I mean? It's, it's just bollocks, it's really, isn't it? As well, though, isn't it? It's, um, not I mean, it's, it, it, it is a, it is beyond satire. But I mean, she, so we got the new chancellor because she called in a mate and sacked him for him doing what but she told him to do in the first place. It's like the ventriloquist dummy, isn't it? We talked about this earlier, you know, like, <laughs> like the ventriloquist being, you know, dummy blaming the ventriloquist. It's just ridiculous. It's just, it's farcical. It's scary, though. The duty, like everything, is just, like... I got in trouble for being too too depressing last time in the last podcast, but yep, we're, not looking, podcast. we're not looking at, like, sunny times ahead of hospitality at all. Like, it's... Well, I mean, with, with the, the, the... Give me a positive. Well, I can't. One positive. One positive. There's none, uh, is there? Um, a podcast? You'll go to Mexico? Yeah, okay, that's a positive. It's just me hiding out. Um, but it is, <laughs> like, there's no... Oh, we're, we're not getting, you know, Liz Truss said we'd get, like, you know, we'd targeted support and all that, and we're not seeing anything, and the duty, uh, energy bills, like, it's just... It's like they don't want a hospitality sector. Genuinely well, don't. I mean, the, the the duty thing was the one thing, certainly some areas of the industry celebrated, was it, but, I mean, it doesn't... It wasn't a massive benefit uh, to, to the likes of you guys. No. But, I mean, that... 
But we just kills them up. bode well for any further. It's trickle down uh, economics. They, they pay more, we pay more. Yeah, it's like the, there's no VAT cut. He said that there's no VAT cut coming. Yeah. So everyone's going to be paying twenty percent, and you know the energy bills and cost of inflation. It's it's. Well, they've rolled back on the energy support for consumers. Yes. It's going to be two years. It's now six months. Yeah. That doesn't fill me with a great deal of confidence that at oh, the end oh, of the oh, six months that business is going to have well, I can't see them getting it like I think we'll be like that's it you're done yeah. I, I think really like it's not it's not even survival of the fittest right now mm. it's it's everyone's screwed mm. because the, it's just it's so unfair and then if we get business rates back next year like at full tack like you know what I mean the costs are just going to outstrip it I mean, the irony that those kind of things, I mean, I think Sasha Lord said it, didn't he, uh, yeah. in the last podcast, that sort of 10% is better than 20% of nothing, 10% of mm. something. Is. What is it? Uh, if they, they could pull some of these levers, so business rates and VAT, they could, they could pull, which isn't an investment in terms of us asking for cash. It's something that we can then use to trade our way out of trouble. Mm. Yeah, but when, look, was it 50,000 small businesses and medium businesses have gone out of business this year? Mm. 50,000. Mm. People are just, you know, I think we're going to see, like Sasha Lord said, we're going to see people hobble through to Christmas, make all that money and just fold. Mm. And then, you know, like, just think no of January. No one Jan- wins then. Yeah, just think of January. Mm. Like, mm. consumers are going to be staying in, locked up at home, on vegan diets, not <laughs> drinking alcohol. Yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah, and like, it's just like, you know, the cost of running a pub in January with when you've got to fire up all the heaters and lights. It's just going to be crazy. I mean, we, we, we've seen some stories uh, in, the, in the press of, of pubs saying they're basically going to be shutting down hibernating for winter. Um, I mean, one, one place actually literally shutting now until the spring, which seems a bit mm-hmm. casual to get missing, yeah. missing out on that Christmas trade. But again, I can understand I knocking January on the head. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, it's, you know, what are you doing on a Monday in January? You know, but... I just think like you want you, but then you've got all the problems of shutting down, and then you've, you're still paying. If you're paying rent, you're still well, yeah, paying rent. You're still, yeah, you're still going to have still some costs, costs, aren't you? And, uh, I suppose they've what, do you do, what do you do with your staff? You know, you haven't got a furlough. You can't yeah, just sort of kick them into touch and then say, "Come back in the spring, guys," because they ain't going to be there, aren't they? I don't look. I don't know. It's, really, it's really a scary time because the government is just not stable, and we don't. You know, you're looking at what the future looks like, and you're just going, "God, we've just come out of COVID." We've been beaten up, and now we are literally dropped off in the desert with no water, and we've we've got to try and find our way out of this. And Mexico doesn't. Yeah, but you're good trying to think like you hustle your way through again, and you do all these things, and but shit, man, like it's exhausting. Like you know, what I mean, we don't want handouts; we just want fair tax. Mm. And you know, they should have never put the VAT. We said it the last time; they should never put it back up. But they don't listen to us; they don't care about us. When you look at the level of disorder and anarchy and all the rest of it that's in the government at the moment. We're so far away of being on the agenda. Mm. That's the you know we can talk amongst ourselves all we like, but they have so much to sort out. We can't possibly be in their field of vision. But we, anyway. but we should be because of the level of tax, because of the level of. Well, there's going to be no. They're going to be like suddenly yeah. all these businesses are closing. Yeah. They're not getting tax. No, they're not making anything. No, they're... so it's it's like. You know, maybe. might actually have to start taxing some of those rich people that they're trying not to tax. Oh, it's just ridiculous. We'll tax Amazon more. <laughs> well, exactly. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Come on, give us a break. But like, I just don't understand what the agenda is because by getting rid of all these small businesses, what are you actually achieving? You're just putting, you know, more business to work, more business for Amazon that they've got shares in. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's. Well, we just ended up big corporates. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but you said you said that exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's. I mean, 
what, what do we give? Uh, how long do we give? Uh, oh, she's got to go uh, this week. This you reckon? Week. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. Like, it, it, they've got enough's enough. So by the, the time this podcast comes out, you think she'll be gone? Yeah, I think I think they'll they'll turn around, they'll make her resign, and they'll put in um, Penny Morden, and they'll bring in Rishi Sunak, and then yeah. Rishi will go, "Ha ha, I told you so." Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not Jeremy Hunt. Sorry, I got that wrong. Right. mean, yeah. but like they're trying to make us look stable to the rest of the world, but we yeah. look ins- we look still look insane. Do you know what I mean? Like, start the taxes on the bloody energy companies. Like, we're just, you know, we're, we're not desirable. Like I said before, if we're for sale, no one would buy us. We're, we're a bloody mess. <laughs> Moving aside from that, um, we saw the Compton Arms uh, this week, uh, last week, won its licensing review. Um, I mean, what are our thoughts on that? Because <clears throat> for me, four, four neighbours complained yeah. about it. And it got taken to a licensing review. You, you imagine like dealing with those people every day. You walk out in your pub yeah. and seeing them. And yeah, the, the, it just you just be like. Yeah. But should that? I mean, surely the. I mean, obviously you've got to take into account people's views and all the rest of it. But should four nah. new arrivals in the area be able to take a pub to that level? I mean, it, the the cost, the stress, the money. I mean, there should be a minimum threshold, shouldn't there, of, yeah, yeah. of, of complaints yeah. before you get to... Well, they've just ganged up on them, haven't they? That's all they've done. Yeah. yeah. Just ganged up on them. It's it's disgusting. Mm. But this, all, you know, this is all this post-COVID stuff, lockdowns. Yeah. Oh, it's so nice without that pub on the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so nice. Nice and quiet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The, like... And, it, and it's like, they say the cost involved in battling that stuff, because the Obviously, the stakes are very high. You lose mm. it, you're losing your license, you lose yes. your business. Yeah. So you're going to have to throw everything at it. Yeah. People just don't need that. There's enough head space being given to survival rather than having to battle your neighbours. Mm. Seems a real shame it couldn't be done over a pint and a chat and a. They don't care though. They're, no, they'll, they'll be middle class yuppies who've moved into the area in Islington and you know spent millions on a house and. Giles goes to private private school up the road and stuff, and they they, they want to get to bed at eight o'clock and then wake up and have their green green tea. You know what I mean? Like they don't understand pub culture. You know what I mean? It's, and then we mm. we say, oh no, you can't say the pub's been here forever because it's about a you know people's lifestyle and giving them freedom and all this. Piss off! Don't move next to a pub. I don't think people mind you up. Like you know, what's I mean, the- your neighbours were lucky though, weren't they? Because I mean, during lockdown, you know, you just carried on partying and, and it was all fine. So the noise didn't really change, did it? No, it's like I don't want to say partying, but like <laughs> I was hustling. <laughs> but you do all that again. You do all that, and then you know the one the, the neighbours. Most of them were lucky in Highgate. The neighbours support you. They want yeah. you to be there because mm. they want a good local. Yeah. They want that. You know what I mean? And they don't want to see you go out of business, but. Yeah. You know, these people, it's just horrible. Yeah. You know? So, one, one ground to optimism, if we're going to find something to be optimistic about, just to uh, reverse trend. Um, drink sales have risen. What, in supermarkets? No, no, no. In the since so They're up on levels of 2021. 20, what, what, sales? So, is that just based on, like, inflationary pressure? I, mean, and, you know, I, should, have, uh, I should have actually looked at the stories, shouldn't I, rather than yeah, just... Yeah, that's that's sure, that's sure I mean, just throwing uh, things around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sales just, are up, but it's still just because one point was now nine mm. quid as opposed to six. Do you know just, hamster uh, sales are up 76% yeah. in the UK? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's as ridiculous as this is. It's you know, I mean, they try and give us good news. It's just, it's just clickbait. Okay. It's CGA Nielsen Q drinks recovery tracker, three percent ahead. Okay. The same week last. But then we're looking at Barclay Card coming out with their figures saying that um, purchasing's down across the sector. Um, so what, I mean, I was just trying to be positive, but, but I mean, you do want to piss all over it. Three percent in in value. 
Because uh, you can factor in price, right? Yeah, it's sales. sales. It just says average yeah, sales. Exactly. So, Piss off. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. Beer and cider saw double digit growth for a second week in a row with increases of 10 and 13% respectively. They need to stop this bullshit because that's what this does. This, <laughs> no, because this, this just gives the government going, oh, they're okay, their sales yeah. are up. And the government goes, oh, they're all right over there. They need to stop that's it. A, they need to be point. more realistic. And we, like, stop. Basically, what you're saying is we need to be not optimistic in the slightest. We've got to be no, miserable. Don't, don't, like, what, what's that thing? You know, there's three types of lies. You know, a damn lie, a bloody lie, and statistics. Do you know what I mean? So, but just, we, we need to be hammering the government on every platform that they need to do something because... It, 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 this is this is crisis mode for hospitality. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know any operator I'm speaking to going having a good time right now. Mm, mm. I don't know anybody, even the big boys. You know, you can't tell me Youngs, Fullers, and that are going. Oh, it's amazing out there. Mm. Oh, it's they, amazing. They may be fortunate enough to have enough behind them to ride the storm, but it's yeah, not the but point. Like, on but, numbers, but still, mm. like if their their PNL is getting smashed to shit every mm. month, like you know what I mean? They've got to be. Yeah. You know mm. what you like? What, what our government would have us take on debt to pay. Their craziness, you know what I mean? Well, that's just, exactly what their plan was to yeah, get more it, debt. It it's, it doesn't make sense. Like, give us give us a growth plan. Like, what are we looking like in the future? Where are we going to be? Are we going to be with our energy? Where are we going to be looking like? Well, this is what we were saying to Kate last week. Was we need a message? Do you know what I mean? We we need to understand the journey we're on. And you might be able to buy into it a little bit, but at the mm. minute, it's just there is no like, like you. No one can tell you what's happening. No, there's no journey. It's like, okay, we're supposed to act like we did in COVID and survive and, and duck and dive and get through it, but it's bullshit because you just think, well, what's the fucking point? You work your ass off and then you're going, these, 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 they, they shouldn't be empower these people. They're like children. We shouldn't like, have to be talking they're, about they're them. They're disgusting. That's the truth. They uh, truly are disgusting. Let, let, let's not talk about them. I mean, after that torrent of optimism. That was, that was positive. You know, it, it, positive, it, yeah. you know the thing that kills me, kills me about politicians? One minute you can be the health secretary next year the Prime Minister you can be you just jobs for the boys and girls you know what I mean it's just it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's a joke I did hear though Labour are putting their um, their uh, uh, shadow people into uh, training for government so maybe they do have some training they need they need to you can't you know what I mean Rishi knows his numbers do you know what I mean you can understand yeah I get that yeah, I'm yeah. just saying but for him to be health secretary tomorrow would be nonsense yeah, yeah. it's rubbish so Drawing a line under that, we're, we're talking about football in this one. Before we move on, predictions for the World Cup. What do we think? God, you guys aren't going to win, I can tell you that. I mean, how are the All Blacks going to do? <laughs> I, I don't care. I hate these Blacks. <laughs> they wind me up. James, what do you think? Uh, French look really good. Yeah. I think French, but Mexico would be an outside shout. They've got good players, a lot of players from the Premier League. Mm, yeah, mm. you guys will get really fired. It'll be like it'll be some tragic crash out of a tournament. It'll just be like you get and everybody, the hope of the country, will be on it, and they'll be like, "Oh, it's amazing." The plow oh, hey, doesn't matter those, about the, those little flags on the cars. Yeah, it doesn't matter about the electricity and the <laughs> energy crisis, and I can't feed my kids. The football's coming home. Get me a tattoo, and they'll be down. That they'll be down at the supermarket buying their discounted booze and sitting in their front living room, freezing their asses off, going, "It's coming home." And then someone will miss a penalty, and, and they won't there. be. And then they'll be sitting in their living rooms, freezing to death but at least their beer will be cold <laughs> right on that note I'm going to park that one there yo 
you're listening to the Lock In Podcast and we're recording this at the award-winning famous Three Kings in Fulham. I'm delighted to welcome General Manager Paul Eastwood, the architect of this pub's success. Five times winner of the Sports Pub of the Year in the Great British Pub Awards, I believe. Is that right? Uh, it is true, yeah. We've entered five times and, uh, and won five times. So, uh, I mean, uh, I, I should know. We keep giving you the award, so exactly. uh, it's, uh, it shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be asking you that. So thanks for joining us, Paul. No, thank you. Thanks for uh, joining us down on the famous Three Kings. So, I mean, clearly, as an award winner, you're the best person to talk to about the World Cup. That's what we're, we're here to talk about. But first of all, tell us a bit about the pub. You know, what makes you um, such a, a massive winner? James, take note. Um, so, I, th- I think for us, it's just the sheer amount of sport that we actually show. Um, so, we've got six separate sound zones. Uh, we've got uh, 36 TVs, two projectors, um, 10 foreign boxes. Um, so, that's our really big, um, unique selling point that we do show. Uh, show foreign uh, and niche sport uh, in mother tongue so if you want to come and watch the Finnish um, ice hockey you can come and watch it in Finnish if you want to watch the Danish handball you can come and watch it in Danish uh, if you want to watch some uh, Czech football you can come and watch that in Czech as well so and um, that's kind of our really big uh, upselling point what, what's the most obscure sport do you think that you uh, you've you've shown here um not I've, naked volleyball, James. Calm down. I would say kabaddi. That's <laughs> I've, okay. I've yeah, shown cool. some kabaddi, and, and normally try and I try and get to know a few of the rules <clears throat> and their regulations. But kabaddi, to be honest, I couldn't get my head around it. Uh, <laughs> what is kabaddi? What is it? It's about it's bre- a, you can't breathe, can you? Have to say kabaddi, 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 kabaddi. <clears throat> as you're trying to run somewhere and you have to get over certain lines without getting captured it's a bit of um, British bulldog stroke yeah. tag where, where, where does I this I think it's uh, Indian it I was on Channel Indian, 4 for a yes, while it was okay. on, yeah. so we, we had a few requests for it um, I haven't seen it for a while actually but we did get a few requests for it um, four or five years ago and I would say that was the one of the weirder ones I put on and went I have no idea what's going on here but um, but there we are we still put it on and uh, people still seem to agree it. still wonder is there an Afghanistan uh, sport where they sort of they're on horse and they've got uh, sticks or bats and they're playing with a severed head. Is that, um, did I make that up? Or, uh, <laughs> I think it was Rambo. Oh, it might have been Rambo. <laughs> you might be right. There is something like that. There is a, there is a sport where they, 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 it, it's pretty brutal. It's a sheep head, isn't it, in Afghanistan? It is something like it is, yeah. a, it is some kind of... Uh, yeah, it's a sheep carcass, I think. Yeah. Sounds lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next level polo. Family mm. viewing. It's... A <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're, we're here to talk about the uh, the World Cup um, and, uh, and and that clash with Christmas as well and everything that's going on on that. So tell us a bit about, you know, what are your plans for the World Cup then as, as a, an award-winning sports bar? Well, obviously this year is, is different than any other year. We've, ne- we've never really had a, um, a Christmas and a World Cup clashing before um, so I think um, I'm, anyone that knows me I'm a, a massive massive planner um, so actually the first thing we did um, actually for this year was um, was planning was it came off the back of the Euros um, everyone kind of seemed to change their the way they uh, consume sport um, we trained our customers to kind of come in uh, early uh, without seat bookings and that all changed um, over Covid um, everyone wanted a seat um, and actually the first part of planning we did for this World Cup was to um, was to put some exceptions in so we weren't going to take any table 
bookings we got our first World Cup booking off the back of the Euros so that was kind of a year and a half in advance uh, and I said to myself after the Euros where at one point we did have 20,000 bookings for some of the later we could have filled a small mm. stadium I went okay that's my first port of call is to go you know what uh, we're going to put some exceptions in we're going to plan when our big events are and we're not going to take any bookings on those days we're just going to say to people if you want to get into the famous three kings we're pretty famous and you're going to have to come in early and, and that's how we've gone about or we will go about kind of maximising our, our dwell time um, because it has been a bit of a as I said a, a bit of a change in, in the way consumers have been have been there watching sports and, and their expectations around what a venue should be providing is there a concern that you've got them in so early they're nabbing tables and they're sitting there and they're hammered before the sport starts and then you've got really drunk people before the game I mean um, on these days again one of the parts of the planning that we do is, is we have a little army of door, uh, door staff uh, I mean Twitchwood we, we're not a trouble venue we are don't. they midgets or dwarves <laughs> dwarves yeah just asking might need some asking for a dwarf to another <laughs> yeah might need some work <laughs> So that's one of the things we try and try and again. It's one of those things that door staff have been a bit of a um, you know, hard to come by. So we we get in early as well and put our requirements over to the door uh, the door providers uh, to ensure that that we have got enough door team on um, to one cover the venue and we are on a busy main road uh, so we don't tend to have any trouble in the venue it's more um, at half time than if England win people tend to want to go dancing in the street um, on one of the busiest roads in London that's not really um, ideal so that's one of the things really um, we look at I also try and put my key team on the floor as well um, so I tend to try and not get stuck on that bar so I then can be wandering around keeping eye on cues uh, keeping eye on them where anything might be kicking off or mm. where uh, any trouble might be starting what's your what's your capacity um 520 <laughs> okay it's a lot of people to be uh, to keep an eye on isn't yeah, it yeah. Um, so as I said he's, uh, during the game he's not so much what I'm worried about it's more it's more the after the game so having things like yeah. um, a dispersal plan and uh, making sure we're, we're keeping uh, the volume to a level where we're, we're not annoying our neighbours as well so it's being a not just a great sport venue but being a responsible venue as well I mean you've obviously got all the practice at this this isn't uh, something that's new to you um, are you anticipating anything different with this World Cup I mean aside from the Christmas it will come on to that but there, are there any sort of red flags or I think for us the, the only worry is really um, it's always been a summer before so we I won the Achilles here we don't have a garden um, so when it has been hot sometimes you will find people kind of uh, will come in and after the game will disperse a little bit quicker um, to go out to find a garden whereas this year um, it is it is the winter mm. Um, mm. gardens are not going to be such a sounds like you paid someone off to get it at this time of year, year. Yeah. what's going on we, we can't talk we can't talk about bribes uh, in any way now do you see because obviously the games are it reminds me was it Japan Korea when we had the games in the day and we're going to have a bit of that now aren't we yeah. we're going to have sort of three games what, back yeah, to back what, are the, what are the timings then because um I mean, so, the, yeah, there's, there's some there's some kind of early evening. There's some around five o'clock, and then there is some daytime fixtures as well, which right. which does cause a, an issue for me. Obviously, at a sport venue, a lot of my staff are students uh, that are used to working weekends and evenings. So it's again trying to work with some of my colleagues around to steal some staff during the day, because uh, normally we are quite quiet, mm. uh, except mm. for busy World Cup days. Mm. But, but that, that unless you're putting on Kabada or whatever, uh, it's, 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 it's rabbit. 
so that is that is my one little worry for this year is um is is the, is the weather and and again how that affects the um the, the boxes and the sky signals and how but also like how are you christmas without the sports you know what i mean like what was what was christmas generally like for you um, so we tend to get quite a few Imperial College big Christmas parties okay. uh, and these are kind of um, sports um, hockey parties football parties uh, where we do a three course sit down meal for them so again that, that's been one of the, the hard things is to to identify days where there is no sport on and then try and push those Christmas bookings onto those days uh, it has been quite hard because a lot of the sporting fixtures on <coughs> Wednesday um, Imperial College play their sporting fixtures on a Wednesday he wants to come in after a sports fixture and have a sit down meal so that's been one of the things is I'm very lucky I've got an excellent deputy who, who takes Christmas off my hands so we've pretty much gone those are the days there's no sport on we can target a Christmas booking to there yeah. uh, and then if not are you are you taking Christmas bookings when when the football is on? I mean, how are you managing that that clash? Because people, not everyone, really cares about football. Um, me, for example, um, would would they still be able to come in and have a, a Christmas party? Uh, so we've got some uh, walking Christmas menus that are just available, so we can still give a Christmas offer. Obviously our main focus is the football uh, and obviously with us not being just England I think that's where our real problem is is we were busy for um, we're busy for France we're busy for Denmark I'm sold out for Brazil right um, so because you've got a really sort of multinational yes, sort of so, customer base haven't you yeah so that's the real the real thing uh, Spain as well absolutely massive for so whereas everyone else maybe has mm. five six England games to to get through and can plan round we've actually uh, pretty much busy for we, we've got probably five or six dates really that we can go you know what we can really focus mm-hmm. on Christmas and uh, we will still have a Christmas offer um, when the guy comes and does our windows he will be doing them sporty but with a Christmassy feel mm-hmm. so um, yeah he's trying to he's trying to do a balance of both really mm-hmm. and I mean do you think in the, in the, the balance of things is the is the football going to be a boost or are you, is it a trade-off? Are you losing? Are you losing some of that Christmas business in favour of the football? How, how do you see it sort of balancing out? I think if you were to ask me honestly, where where would I rather it be? I would rather it be in the summer. Um, obviously, that is a with, with us not having a garden, um, it is a bit of a, <clears throat> a dead zone for us, and that's when we normally. We, we don't take that much money over the summer months. Having a World Cup in the summer is absolutely perfect. <clears throat> Whereas um, having it in November, December, we are losing a few of those Christmas parties. It is clashing with um, Autumn International Rugby, yeah. uh, which again, I've got Denmark against France on a day where I'm full of um, international rugby as well. So, so those are the type of things that I would rather it be in the summer when it's not clashing with anything. Then mm. there is a few issues clashing, clashing sport-wise. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, how how do you think you're? I mean, if you've got ways you're going to maximise the opportunity that the World Cup brings you, what what kind of things are you going to be doing to, to um, make the most of it? So we're pretty lucky we've got such a great reputation that um, we are well known throughout Europe as the, the place to go um, but, but silly things like um, I still believe that word of mouth is a great way to drag people in and um, so I had the French Society in from Imperial College last Friday mm-hmm. um, and while they were in I did a little bit of networking with some of the guys to go you know what, where are you guys watching 
um, the French football mm. so they've expressed some interesting booking areas for there and um, one of the big stories I always tell from from the last World Cup is I was just walking down North End Road and I saw an Iranian supermarket I decided to pop in there just to say hello and introduce myself and say um, if you want to watch the Iran games um, the Famous Three Kings is the place to be just let me know here's my number mm. uh, if I can book you a couple of tables and um, the guy said yeah I'll let a couple of my family know uh, little did I know that he knows every Iranian in London and before you know it we had a hundred people for, for Iran so Amazing. I think silly things like that um, are kind of people underestimate the, the Kind of with all the social media stuff that does go on, it's still word of mouth is still absolutely massive. Just to go out there and connect with customers um, outside and and in your venue. Mm, mm, uh, mm. So for me, it's, it's, it does start for the World Cup. It, it starts about <coughs> six, seven months out when the Italian leagues on, or well, the Italians are in the World Cup, or the French leagues <laughs> on, the Spanish leagues on. Is to go out and, and and communicate with those guys when they're in watching those footballs, and then say where are you going to be for the World Cup and yeah. start, start setting that seed if you leave it till now to go and try and plan people have already decided now for the World Cup it is such a big event especially with Christmas at the same time yeah. people have been planning this for a while so what you're saying is that this podcast is fucked basically because we're yeah, too late, too late. <laughs> 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 Brilliant. Okay, right, let's, right, let's, leave that then. let's, let's, let's move on. <laughs> I mean, uh, James and Heath. I mean, what, what's your attitude? I mean, you're you're famous for showing sport, Heath. Uh, in your uh, no, not I. Is. I mean, Kiwi hates the All Blacks. Yeah. <laughs> He's the only Kiwi I know who doesn't really like no, overpaid, overpaid Muppets. <laughs> don't don't quote me on that. Um, um, yeah, and that's a difficult one because the Red Lion's so food-led and um, we, we had the front yard this year that's we've covered and we've heated and stuff and I could put a TV out there but I just think that I'd just end up with just a lot of trouble. I think I'd end up with it, like, especially up there. You know, I mean, it's bad enough with the Arsenal fans. So mm. I, think, um, I think I'm just better off staying out of it. I think even yeah. if you know England if they get through to the final <laughs> no <Yeah>. chance <laughs> um, there's a different game isn't it you know what I mean then put it on mm. but I just I think it's probably just best to focus on what we do best and not try and dot TVs around the place and you know ruin people's experience what they expect that we are going to do so it's a tough one because it's you know I mean it's, it's going to suck the life out of so many days yeah, but you also, yeah, I guess you can you can be that haven of, of non-football. Yeah, uh, I think I think for, the pubs around me are all. I think the pubs around me are all playing it. So I think uh, just want to stay away from that. You know what I mean? Let them have that. And, and what about the Lockhart? Is that something you? Same thing, really. Isn't it? Yeah, I think just stick to what you do well and let people like you know these guys do this brilliantly. Mm. Um, I just I think it's a clash of culture if you try and do. I would even say even if it wasn't clashing with Christmas. You know, the fact that you might get three England games, four England games, maybe five, maybe six tops mm. um, as a trade-off. Um, I'm not sure it makes any sense. Mm. For, you know, for the business, because you've got Christmas bookings coming out your ears. And I just don't think there's two cultures, unless, mm. like we were saying there, it's a sports college or an event mm. that actually sits It would have been themed around that sort of, yeah. yeah the yeah, two just yeah. don't we used to We used to play the World Cup in the past in the front garden of the Red when it was in mm. summer and it was nice and we put TVs out there and but then people were arguing over where they were sitting and it was just became like, you know, oh, they can't see the screen. This person's like, you know what I mean? I just, oh, I just can't be bothered. You know I mean? think also with the early games as well, if you've got an evening sitting and you've got those people that have been there watching the game of the day, there's a real, you know, it's like arriving at a party late. Not that I get invited to any, but I'd imagine that's what it would be like when everyone else is drunk and you're. Yeah. Everything's a bit louder when you're sober, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, Paul, what, what do you uh, what do you reckon to England's chances then in the uh, in the World Cup? Not quite as confident as I was. Um, we haven't obviously performed particularly well in the Nations League. Um, he has been without a few key players and a few of his key players not playing for their club. So I'm not as confident as maybe I would have been. Uh, but I, we should obviously get out of the group stage and if we can get five games. Isn't it like a really easy group though? <laughs> we, I mean, we've, just, just, we've been in this place before, haven't we? Oh, yeah. It's an easy creep. It'll be, yeah. Oh, no. no okay. I think this England team have got enough to go at least, well, at least past the group stage. I, I don't think we're going to go all the way to the final. I think there's better teams out there. Mm. Um, but uh, again. It's a shame because we're building on the expectations of the Euros. Yep. The, the, uh, the women's Euros are absolutely fantastic. You, we've, there's a, there does feel like there's a. I mean, we always have ridiculously heightened expectations. Is that still the case this year, do you think? Or uh, are we being a bit more pragmatic about it? Uh, I think it's England, isn't it? We, we always um, we always say um, we're not going to put it's coming home on, but we will do. We'll put it on <laughs> ten times a day with Vindaloo. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll always ramp everyone up. And everyone's got that little bit of optimism behind them. But I think the last... The last um, the last few games haven't been great um, for England, have they? And, and it's a bit of a level playing field this year, isn't it? Because everyone's going in in peak form, peak season. There's nobody, mm, yes. which we've never had before either, have we? There's been people kind of coming off a pre-season or a, a yeah. post-season. So that's going to be interesting to see how that affects things as well. There will be a few more injuries and... Um, it's still a month ago, yeah, isn't it? Yes, There's yeah. still, still time for some disasters. A meta parcel or something. A meta can still go, yeah. <laughs> um, I also should remember the Wales are also in the uh, World Cup, Ed, I'm sure. Are they? I'm sure you can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure you can. Uh, yeah, no. We are actually a bit of an unofficial Welsh pub as well, so that's going to be very interesting. When I show the rugby, I'm actually more Welsh than I am English. Right, OK. But it'll be on the 25th of November when they play Iran. Yeah. I just see you Google that on your phone. I did, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. It wasn't that I had an interest in around sports before then, particularly, but just, we, we mentioned yeah. it just yes. a bit earlier. Yes. That was yeah. all thank you, thank you. It's, uh, it's unlike you to be diligent. Um, hundred people came, yeah. so I'm saying you were listening as it's well. Important. It's a first, big fiction. It is a first. Um, conscious of time, Paul. Um, what to wrap up? What advice would you give to to other operators when it comes to to the uh, the World Cup? Uh, I mean, I would I would say. Plan early and um, <laughs> before yeah, yeah, get, not, a time, get a time. Uh, a bit late for that now, yeah. but moving, moving aside from that, moving quickly on, we'll gloss over that. I think still we're all still battling um, against the sofa, really, aren't we? I think that at the moment is our main competitor, and the one thing we have that we can offer that is different um, is the atmosphere. So I think um, make sure we've got our atmosphere on point, um, try and increase the dwell time. Um, earlier and later put some music on make an event out of it um, we don't have that many opportunities to, to make money to make serious money um, and let's show people what they're missing um, let's show people what the pub is about and let's get them off the sofas let's um, get them not ordering Uber Eats let's get them into our venues um, and yeah and, and just let's just showcase the Great, uh, Great British pub I mean dwell times is, is a, it's an interesting one with football isn't it because I know Previously, whenever we discussed this, you know, football fans tend to sort of come in, smash a few pints, and bugger off the moment the match is finished. Rugby, that tends to be a longer period. Do you think that's going to be different with with the World Cup? Do you think you can get that sort of attention for longer? And 
I mean, again, it depends uh, on the time slot, doesn't it? Um, so I think on a Friday night when England play, I think that will be a lot easier to keep people. Um, mm. Sometimes I think if you've got that day slot and then you've got an interesting game afterwards, is that going to help us keep people as well? Mm. Um, so I think it's, it's just identifying those those slots where you, you could keep people mm. um, and then putting something on to make sure whether that be a DJ whether that be mm. a quiz whether that be something to fill those gaps to make sure um, that the customers we do have stay mm. and obviously make sure it's a safe environment and mm. that, that's a massive thing at the moment um, it's, it's higher and higher on people's agendas people don't want to go out now and well, speak for this pub anyway don't want to go out and, and kind of smash things up I think people are looking for that safer environment yeah. um, mm. and then they will stay I mean if it looks like there's going to be trouble in the kickoff, I think people will leave but yeah. if it's a great environment people are having fun then they will stay a bit longer absolutely absolutely brilliant okay well we are out of time but thank you very much for that Paul This is the Lock In Podcast and we're talking football and Christmas in this episode. To help us with that, I'm delighted to welcome Paul Berry, licensee of the Swan in Bampton in Devon and one of our top 50 gastro pubs as well. Um, hang on, Heath, aren't you in that list? Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. I don't know whether you, are you higher or lower than... I don't know. Uh, I should have looked it up beforehand. It's... Uh, it's always fun when you're below the person. So. <laughs> would have been basic research, Ed, wouldn't it? And it would you, you, uh, I mean, well, you're yes, supposed to I'd, run. Indeed, yeah. I mean, I wasn't on it enough with the Wales-Iran game earlier either. So, no. Um, I mean, I should have it's been. one let down after another. It's, uh, yeah, I'll sack myself. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that all right? It's, uh, right, brilliant. So, um, Paul, thanks for joining us. I uh, appreciate you taking the time. No problem. Good to be here. Good stuff. So, I mean... Gastropubs aren't typically associated with showing the football, um, but you're going to be you're going to be doing that. You're making the exception. Tell us a bit about that. What, what, why, why? How's that going to work? Why are you doing it? Um, despite being a, a gastro pub in like the top fifty, which we're very proud of, right? We have always been a pub that's served everything from people coming in to have a drink and that. So from day one, from when we moved into Bampton in a different pub. We've always shown the football. We've supported the football club. We've supported the cricket club, etc. So doing the World Cup is like natural to us. Um, we generally um, find some sort of offering that we're going to do with it, so that we can make it more interesting for people to want to come out and have a pint with us and watch the game. So, so I mean, in terms of that offer, then how how are you going to do that? What what sort of things are you going to do that's different from from normal? Well, we, I mean, we've got another three pubs in the town, which I assure you will all be showing the game. So we will um, um, do, in the past, we've done something like a pound before the first goal scored or England's goal scored, which is generally quite good for the customers, to be really honest, because they're not renowned for scoring goals in their, <laughs> their early games. Um, like, um, but I've always got a, a, a prayer going that they score in the first minute. <laughs> so this is a rush at half time. Um, and we'll also, on the last World Cup, we, we did some research and we did like the national dishes right. of the team England were play, playing. So I don't know if they were playing um, Mexico or something like that. We found out what the national dish of Mexico is and it's some sort of sandwich or something of that nature. And um, like we, we just try to have a bit of fun and we charge like basically what it cost us so if it cost us four quid to make we'll charge a fiver right it's, it's, it's not 
it's not um, a profit-making exercise like we're going to make loads of money out of it or anything like that. You know, we might get 20, 30, 40 people in watching the game. Um, it, it, you never know, but like, it, it's always good fun. So you know, like, I mean, if it was Italy, yeah, you can pop pizzas on and all that sort of thing and mm. give them at half time, which I think you know keeps the interest going. Or depending how you feel about who might come and watch it, because it's not that big a game, maybe put like the pizzas on at the end or, or, or whatever it is. But I mean, generally, it is try to sort of like encourage them to come in and watch it a little bit. Because like I said, there's, there's another um, two pubs in the village that will you know will clearly be showing the game as well. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Heath, is that something you'd, you'd consider then, sort of looking up some uh, different national cuisines? Oh, and, uh, it, it, I'd get cancelled. I'd like the Great British Break Off. I'd do something wrong. I'd get the dish wrong, no my luck. <laughs> it, it's entirely possible, we would, and we'd be standing there pointing and laughing at the same yeah. time. But uh, it's a nice idea, actually. It's quite, it's quite, you know. I mean, even if you're not showing, because you're you're not going to show the football, are you? Nah, nah. But it's quite a nice idea. But you know. Um, but you could embrace the tournament in a different way by uh, interesting and cook the food from every yeah. team. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's like, isn't it like? Haven't they got like Iran, America? Who else are they yeah, like? yeah. Uh, well, that's hot dogs. Uh, yeah, yeah. Iran's national dish. I don't think it's hot dogs for Iran. I haven't looked at yet. Yeah, I was going to say. So forgive us while we were drifting off there. We were talking about random stuff. I mean, are you, where, where are you doing your research for that, Paul? Not here, oh, obviously. I just, I just use Google. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only way. But like, um, and, and it is quite surprising what some of the national dishes are. What you think might be the national dish, it, it's no, nothing like it. Paul, like I said about me. Paul, <laughs> Paul, do you know what the national dish of Sweden is? No. I want you to sit down. Like it. it must be meatballs. I, I want you to sit down when I tell you this, because I've been, I've been subjected to this a few times in my life, being married to a Swede. Taco pie. <laughs> Just say those two words together slowly. Taco pie. Taco it's basically pie. taco lasagna. It, it, I have no words for it. I, I, I've been fed that on two occasions. I'm still. Well, I'm in yeah. therapy over it. I mean, we're in therapy because we were, we, we were the right there with you while you live texted oh. your experience on and it. And in fact, our chat's called Taco Balls. Yeah, it is. Like, <laughs> I mean, how does that work? I mean, don't the tacos go a bit soggy? Mate, they use the taco, the, the shells as a base, and then you put them in, and then you make the taco mince, you put that in, and then you put cheese, and then you bake it. Sounds lovely. It, it, no, seriously, no, it's not. No? It's like, it's, they have a whole, t- you go to Sweden, they have aisles of taco mixed stuff. You see, I don't believe you that this is a national dish, because every time I go to Ikea, I've yeah, never that's seen a, that's, this. They don't, they don't. It's that secret. It's that secret weapon. It's, uh, yeah, it's only for the special people. In fact, they probably just bring it out to annoy Heath. <laughs> <laughs> Hot dog stroganoff, that was another classic. It would be the dime bar cake, that'd be quite nice. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that could work. Could work. Uh, um, I mean, before he brings out his holiday snaps, which is what well, I'm worried he's slightly doing at the moment on his phone, but uh, I mean, Paul, how, how are you managing the, the sort of um, uh, the clash with, with Christmas then with the World Cup? Because obviously this is it's a, it's a very different time of year there's, um, there's other pressure I mean, what, how's that going to work for you? Uh, we, we will just manage it <laughs> juggle it just juggle it that's all we, that's all we can do you and your planning <laughs> that's a military man if ever I heard of it's well thought out <laughs> we just, we just well, we're not a very big pup or anything like that so, yeah so um, you can see um, we do have an upstairs area as well um, 
which is kind of nice. But um, when you've got a group of lads in, they do prefer to be around near the bar, to be fair. And how, how was, I mean, you've got football on, Christmas parties. I mean, the, the two aren't really necessarily going to mix that well, are they? Um, I don't, I don't, I never really had any complaints or problems from from it, and, you know, in showing the rugby and that, because like I said, we are very much sort of like part of the community, and um, it, it, people just accept it for what's going on, mm. you know. Um, do you have separate areas for sport, or do no, you, you just play it? We don't have anything like that. Like I say, we are very much um, a one-area pub with an upstairs dining area as well which I can put the football on up there if I wanted do you tell people when they've made sorry do you tell people when they made bookings that you're going to be showing the England game and they've oh, we will try our best but like obviously we've got online I don't know how you're going to go about that showing maybe I should put something on I don't know but um, it's kind of weird even like we're a gastro club but we're not I mean I went out for lunch yesterday and it was a very much a, a, a nice fine dining experience we're not doing that we're not trying to create a fine dining experience we just bloody good food and, and create a nice atmosphere for it and there you know, if there's a few guys in the pub watching a game of football and there's a bit of a cheer because all the oohs and the owls or, or, or oh god almighty you know it just works mm. it, it literally just works well you're, you're, you're I mean you said this before we, we came on air you are a pub aren't you and, and, yeah. and that is what pubs do um, you know the fact you do great food as well is, is, is a bonus on top but you are still a pub at heart um, unlike Heath who um, is a pub in name only <laughs> that's a yeah. bit strong Ed. that's a bit strong <laughs> you're not denying it nah yeah, I'm in a pub in a building a pub. <laughs> looks you like are a pub. pub you are I'm, I'm teasing <laughs> but you aren't going to be you're not going to show the football right, I, it's no, I just don't think it, I think I just I don't know like we're busy enough at Christmas as it is so I just don't want to go and you know there's plenty of places to watch it around us so yeah. Yeah. well there is it for us you see that nearest town six seven miles away so they yeah. don't want to go there because they can't drink and drive yeah I mean you, you know, so they'd, rather, they'd rather stay local than having to go to, uh, makes sense yes do you, do you think you'll be sort of there'll be a trade off at all Paul though with, with, are you going to lose some of that Christmas trade because of the foot or, or vice versa no, I, don't, I don't think so we no. don't do a huge amount of Christmas party parties we do a lot of small tables over the December period and we might have one or two I just had an inquiry in now for 25 in, in Christmas week but um, so we don't do too many of that mm. um, big parties um, if we do it might be like a doctor's surgery or something like that we're a long way from industry in that sense so it's a lot of small companies a lot of ladies come out and you know because they work in the office together so there might be five or six of them and you just mm. get all that and I, I really don't mind it it's like, as long as we're full at the end of the day I don't mind absolutely absolutely brilliant well we are out of time Paul but thank you very much for that no it's been a pleasure nice to talk to everyone cheers You're listening to the Lock In Podcast with Ed Bennington, James Cuthbertson and Heath Ball. So the World Cup is going to be bringing some great opportunities, but it's also going to be bringing some challenges as well. Many venues have invested in outside space to show sport, particularly during the Euros run, and they'll be keen to maximise that use this time as well, despite the different season. 
Uh, but with that comes licensing challenges, and to discuss this, I'm delighted to welcome Legal with Joe Harvey from Popleston Allen. Welcome, Joe. Hello, yes, thank you for having me. No problem. I mean, the, the audience won't be able to see this because it's obviously an audio podcast, but you have the best setup I've ever seen of a guest oh, dialing far, into the podcast. I mean, far too kind. It, he, he's got professional microphones, you know, I mean, it's it, it, it's like we're doing, he's got better equipment than us. And, and this hard. allegedly is a proper podcast, isn't it? Well, sort of, yeah. Mm. We pretend that. Well, I thought I'd take, I'd take it seriously for you guys. I wouldn't normally <laughs> do this for anyone. <laughs> Fantastic. Right. Okay. So, Joe, I mean, we're obviously we're, we'd like to see a lot about increased outdoor training this winter. Um, you know, there's there's been big investments due to the COVID pandemic and everything else. So people are going to want to maximise um, that kind of space. So what what, what are you thinking and, and seeing? What are the likely challenges that operators need to consider when it comes to um, to, to trading outside like that? Well, we're, we're going to be seeing, hopefully, a huge increase in the number of people who are going to be trading outside because, of course, this is the first time that we've had such a well-revered games being held in in the winter people don't flock to their local to watch the winter olympics but mm. people are hopefully going to see lots of people flocking to their local to go and watch um not only the home nation games but also uh, many of the other fixtures which are taking place and of course people are more um aware these days of the need to maybe be outdoors and breathe some fresh air as opposed to the, the running the risk of catching uh, COVID or exposing mm. themselves so we're going to see larger amounts of people wanting to hold outdoor events and of course the uh, World Cup kicks off on the 20th of November um, and with that comes the challenge of how do we uh, accommodate a, uh, a winter event outdoors during uh, the not usually forgiving mm. British winter um, uh, and of course, the challenges that that brings in terms of of how we fill our terraces and our beer gardens with customers who are made to feel welcome and comfortable. And mm. um, of course, let's not forget that a lot of because these games are being held on the other side of the world, the time difference means that a lot of, lot of matches are going to be held at much earlier points in the day than perhaps we would ordinarily be used to. Certainly, I think the earliest kickoff is going to be around. Uh, 10 o'clock UK time Um, obviously there are various stages during the day Um, I don't think any of the English or Welsh games are being held that early certainly to to start with but if you are planning on holding an event um, outside to allow for the broadcasting of the games um, one of the most important things that, that licensees can do is make sure that their license actually covers the the uh, period that they're wanting to cover mm. um, if we have a, if we have a 10 o'clock uh, kickoff um, it may very well be that venues want to consider having a much earlier opening. For example, nine o'clock is not uncommon to want to open an hour early before kickoff so that people can get themselves uh, set, settled down and mm. get the drinks in. Um, and many licenses might simply not cover a nine or indeed ten o'clock start. How would um, how would you if you're not covered for that? Then what would, what should they be thinking doing? Is it is it tens? Is it uh, variation? What, what do they need to do? Well, getting a, a variation to extend the hours might be. Um, 
a little bit over the top, obviously depending on what the future of the venue is going to be, because of course any attempt to increase the hours of alcohol sale will take it out of the realms of a minor variation in, and into a full variation, which is a, is a costly e exercise and uh, may not be proportionate to what needs to be achieved, mm. which is why we have the temporary event notice um, system in place so that license holders can um, lodge a, a temporary event notice with the local authority setting out details of the event and it uh, will allow them to operate with uh, increased um licensing hours and they mm. can they can open uh, open up it, indeed of course the same is applicable to so venues that um, don't have licenses could use the temporary event notice scheme to um apply for uh, a cover to allow them to uh, to open up but of course i think the, one of the biggest challenges that any uh, premises are going to face is how to deal with the the unreliability uh, of the great british uh, weather and of mm. course november and december are not famous for being reliable for their dry and sunny weather and, and from a purely practical point of view I think the biggest challenge is going to be making sure that your guests um, are brought into uh, an, an outdoor space which is, is welcoming, dry and warm uh, and that only that can only encourage people to want to um, leave their homes and come into your venue to watch the game mm, Absolutely I mean the other um, the, the challenge with, with being outside as well is noise uh, you know impact on neighbours and things like that I mean that, that that's going to be a challenge isn't it? Oh absolutely and, and certainly we've, we are aware from the industry that uh, increases in complaints have have occurred as a result of the uh, businesses returning to some level of normality uh, post-COVID. So ensuring that uh, your premises are well ran in terms of trying to ensure that people have a good time but are respectful of the neighbours. Um, of course, there's a, a great variation of premises. Some premises may be right next door to residential areas. Other premises may be in the middle of nowhere and the nearest person's several miles away. Um, but, of course, being a good neighbour is of vital importance. And the operator of a venue is going to know, know their neighbour and should make it their business to know their neighbour and ensure that guests behave themselves and that complaints don't arise in my experience as i'm sure it is with yours <clears throat> the best way of dealing with these things is to have a conversation with um any, any locals and make sure that they are aware that um this event is happening they might even want to come down and of course if they're there they're less likely to make complaints and of course i think one of the uh, differences with these um games rather than any that we've seen previously is with so many of the games taking place during the working day uh, with a bit of luck the neighbours will be out at work anyway true true that is a fair point it's uh, yeah it may deal with some of that um, some of those issues um, yeah I was just going to say one of the um, the challenge I guess is it's coming out of Covid we're all a bit raw still and not used to maybe running lots of events but when we look at this busy period what about sort of looking after things like underage drinking you know people buying for other people when you're you know now expanding your space and perhaps being busier than you've been in a few years um, and any tips for that as well app ordering you app know, ordering yeah, yeah yeah what's what's your thoughts on that joe 
uh, have seen a vast increase in the number of app ordering schemes and people are a couple of those you scan a QR code at your table and you order at your vigilant um, with our members of staff and make sure that they are aware of what their duties are um, towards underage sales and of course I would I can only imagine that local trading standards departments are going to be all the more keen to carry out test purchases during these uh, games they, they attract they're, they're universally appealable of course the World Cup and they will attract young and old um, and the best way of protecting yourself and protecting your um, operation from underage sales is to ensure that all staff are uh, vigilant in ensuring that they know what their obligations are and it, no one wants to say the scare story of course that the underage selling to an underage person is a criminal offence and it carries threat of uh, a fine or, and or custody across a criminal record but ultimately uh, those who are engaged in the sale of alcohol need to know this and and will um, it's always a good idea to remind uh, staff especially during these busy events of what the what the age verification policy is whether it's a challenge 21 or a challenge 25 uh, and that can only help uh, ensure that alcohol is sold to people who are the right age to drink it Absolutely, absolutely. And would you recommend that people, I guess it's an obvious one, but people have a plan for this World Cup period in terms of evidencing and thinking ahead about things that they should be, you know, potential pinch points? And if so, what would they be to you? What would would you see them as? Sorry, I broke up during that. Yeah, no no problem. I was just going to say, would you recommend that operators put together a plan for this period in terms of um, Christmas and and the World Cup? And if so, what specific things should they be looking at in that plan? Um, We've talked about noise, but I'm thinking if there is an issue, at least they can evidence they've thought about it and planned for it. Oh, absolutely. And of course, any any issues which... Um, arise um, as a result of the World Cup it can only be assisted if you have in place uh, some degree of robust uh, plan given consideration and of course larger venues um, will be all used to organising events where you have large numbers of people especially during seasonal periods uh, and it may be necessary to have regard to what what sort of risks are going to um Arise. You may need to consider things such as dispersal plans and ensuring that um, members of staff um, are aware of what those policies are and uh, have been refreshed and what those policies are so that when people are leaving and it's time to go home, that, uh, that everything runs smoothly. And, of course, with that comes uh, other considerations to ensure that everybody has a safe and enjoyable time. Even things such as the use of polycarbonate. It may be that during games, and especially when games don't necessarily go the way that the crowd wishes that they go, or when goals are scored, people become very excitable. And whilst it may be unintentional, a launched pint glass can be a very dangerous thing so mm-hmm. certainly uh, operators may consider as part of their risk assessments whether or not the use of polycarbonate or mm-hmm. uh, other plastics is a good idea for um, for drinking vessels especially in an outside environment 
indeed absolutely well I'm afraid we are out of time uh, Joe um, apologies the line did cut out a few times there but I think we we got the gist of, uh, of most of that but thank you very much for that thank you very much This is the Lock In Podcast, and we are at the end of this week's episode. Um, we've been talking about uh, the, uh, the the World Cup and, and the clash at Christmas. Um, lots to talk about. Um, the Afghanistan game, uh, which involves using a uh, goat's carcass, is called Buskashi. Cool. Thanks, Ed. Sounds like something else, but um, I mean, that's... Yeah. Well, I think the one thing we haven't talked about with all this planning for Christmas and the the um, football and all that is you've got the National Grid boss warning of blackouts during winter. So you imagine a packed pub Ooh. and then there's no power. And England's about to win the World Cup. <laughs> That's it. The greatest I mean, moment the, the in British level, television history since That's the most optimistic you've been in. Uh, and they're about months. to win and all the power goes out in the country because... Riots because we left the EU. <laughs> hey, do you think um, do you think it should be called energy shortage of colour? Yeah, man, it's gonna be. <laughs> I just want to keep us on track. It's gonna, it's gonna be a disaster. Like I don't know. So I, I think yeah. A positive note is that the, the three famous kings. What a great venue! That's amazing, isn't it? And yeah. do you know what the three kings are? Um, I'm going to tell you, Ed. I'm going to tell you because I've done my research. Billy Jean King. <laughs> No, Marlon King. <laughs> I was Wack. going for the, the biblical one. And who are these? And Wack. Ah, dear. I'm made up. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> my jokes are bad. Yeah, that's pretty shit. It's. I mean, right. We're, we're, we've done the predictions of the World Cup. Clearly, uh, yep. the All Blacks are going to win. Um, yep. We're talking about rugby, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what I've been talking about throughout this entire. Finger on the pulse. Yeah. <laughs> We've been talking about Christmas, Ed. It's been lovely to talk about Christmas. Christmas. Well, we haven't really talked about Christmas, have we? Do you know what? My wife and daughter are going to Kenya for Christmas. Their mother and mother... Is that your present? No. Yeah, it'll be for longer. It'll be for longer. And uh, I got invited to go, but I obviously said I'll be working because I didn't want to go to the mother-in-law and... Hopefully she's not listening because you're not. But But now, obviously, they'll be away over Christmas. My nine-year-old daughter's taken to walking around the house singing... It's going to be lonely this Christmas. I mean, that's quite dark for a nine-year-old, no? I've never been more proud. Your, your, your counter is actually on. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be happy shit, yeah. this Christmas. <laughs> Christmas without you. Uh, Heath, Christmas. What, Sweden? What about it? Are you going to be in Sweden? No, I'm working. So, I'm family staying. Family's going to Sweden. I'm staying to work. Yeah, so, I mean, basically, you two are just... Avoiding family Model, yeah. model husbands well, and fathers. I've got to work, man. So, so, yeah. What do you want for Christmas, Heath? A 10% VAT reduction. <laughs> Good answer, James. Faster metabolism. <laughs> I mean, realistic on both counts? Probably not. not but, yeah, um, dreaming, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. I mean, are you, are you thinking Christmas trade is going to be... Don't know. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because mm. they've got the football on and, you know, um, really don't know. It could be... 
hopefully it's busy because everyone hasn't been doing it for two years you know what I mean mm. so yeah, we still positive? have restrictions didn't we last year yeah. we still yeah. a bit of yeah. yeah so I don't know hopefully we'll see like you know it may be nice but problem is you know I'm looking ahead and I'm going yeah great we're have a great Christmas we're going to have a shit January yeah. so it's just it's yin and yang isn't it it mm. just balances it out and then you're you're in February and then we're just then we're all getting then we're into April and we're now We've got business rates back, and we've got mm. potential f- full ra- full rate electricity uh, yeah, yeah. energy. So there's no positives to look forward to. I can't really see any light at the end of the tunnel. Nice long holiday in January, maybe. So oh, I mean, you like if you can afford holiday. to shut, it's probably cheaper to shut yeah. and give your staff holiday. But you know what I mean? Who can afford to be paying all their staff holiday for a month? Do you know what I mean? Um, you know. So well, on on, on that positive, uh, happy, happy note. I will leave that there. Uh, That is it for this week's episode of the Lock In Podcast. Thanks to all our guests for their help and to my co-host for making this episode a great example of why we shouldn't be let loose with microphones. Uh, We will be back next week with more pub-related fun and facts. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe, like, and share. And we will see you next time. (laughs) 